0: welcome to her sports convo with ashley wilson hey y'all welcome back crazy to see you here again happy thursday hope you had a good thursday last week hope you have a good one this week we're almost here it's basically the end of december and i've had a great christmas season holiday season hope you guys had one too Hope you guys enjoyed all the guests you've been having on. Let me know on Instagram over at, at our Sport Convo podcast and can't wait to bring even more people and new exciting things into the new year, but we still have three more weeks left in December, believe it or not. This week in sports have been, I'd say, kind of wild, you know. We're coming up to the bowl season in college football and people are pulling out and choosing not to go. Like. Boston College they decided not to participate in a bowl game. They had, you know, made the six game minimum wins and they chose not to play. SMU decided to pull out of the Frisco Bowl this week because they had some COVID issues, which they ended up canceling the Frisco Bowl because they pulled out when they, you know, already had an opponent to play. You know, last week the Big Ten decided to change their rule and allow Ohio State to play in their championship. Also in this week, Oregon replaced Washington in the Pac-12 championship, which is happening on Friday. So it's been a lot of put somebody here, put somebody there in college football, which is, you know, expected to see because the playoff committee said they're making their deadline on the 22nd, no matter what. So y'all gonna have to figure it out and fit in who you can fit in, when you can fit them in. And so, I think we are going to also start seeing more teams who qualify to make a bowl game choose not to go because these players haven't seen their families since like July and so playing especially if they're playing in like the Dollar General Bowl they're you know playing in the Dollar General Bowl or going to see your family that you haven't seen in like seven months like which one would you want your kids to do so I really commend and give a Solid pat on the back to these coaches who are choosing, you know, their players' well being, you know, kind of like last week's episode, we talked about mental health and all those kind of things. So, really commend those coaches who decided to put that ahead of, you know, just winning a bowl game and taking home, you know, the prize that, you know, teams get for going to bowl games. So, really shout out to those coaches for doing that. But also in college football, it was a pretty crazy week with the games. I'd say, uh the biggest game i'd say everyone you know saw was lsu versus florida you know at the end it was tied with under one minute to go and then the florida player he threw the shoe for no reason like it was they they were over like the game was won all florida had to do when they got the ball back was just run the clock but no homie wanted to throw the shoe because he was so proud of himself and lsu went down there got a field goal Florida, you know, they came back, they put themselves to get a pretty easy field goal and take it in overtime, but their kicker ended up missing it and L S U won the game. Which is, in my opinion, I feel like gonna have very big repercussions for Florida because, you know, Florida is in that college football playoff conversation, but with a loss to LSU, who managed to only win three wins other than the win against you and they were not against very good opponents, that that's gonna look bad. That's gonna be a very big red mark on your record when they're kind of decide who's going to be in the top four so Florida kind of in my opinion doesn't really have a shot anymore getting into the college football playoffs because of this loss which is sad to think about but they're obviously going to be in another big bowl game because they're most definitely going to probably stay at the top 10 now in a less you know top 10 college football conversation game Arizona and Detroit State they were both defeated um Arizona was 0 and 4, Arizona State was 0 and 2 going in this game, you know, rival game, whatever. And the end of that game was 70 to 7. Arizona State beat Arizona 70 to 7, which is insane to think about. And the Arizona coach, Kevin Sumlin, he ended up getting fired. If that name sounds kind of familiar, he was the coach at Texas A&M prior to that where he Kind of subsequently got fired in this kind of same way too. you know, they lost a really big game close to the end of the season and they fired him and the interim coach kind of put into place. So I wish the best for Kevin, you know, that was a really hard game in a really tough position. So you you, you really hate to see it. But on the other end, like congrats to Herm you know, Herm Edwards is a coach of Arizona State, you know, he's a great coach, and he has a really great program. And to see that team, you know, come out there and win in such a demanding fashion, and obviously it wasn't against, you know, an Oregon or a Washington, you know, a team that's gonna play in the Pac-12 championship, but, you know, 70 to seven, no matter who you're playing, that's a very commanding win. And that's like a bright spot, especially since they're not playing anymore the rest of the season. Now, I know we all watch Monday Night Football where The Browns and the Ravens, I say, in my opinion, and other people have obviously said that it was the best football game this season in the NFL, you know? When Lamar Jackson came out of that tunnel after Trace McSorley like hurt his knee or whatever happened, it was true life Superman. Like you wrote a script about it. No one could have like conjured that up the way he came running out of that tunnel and then goes into the game fourth and like nineteen or something like that, pretends to run, throw the ball. Hollywood Brown had it made a catch all day dropping balls left and right catches it runs to the end zone like what Disney movie kind of stuff are we talking about here people so for that to happen was crazy and then the Browns come back and score and then Lamar leads them down the field and then you know Justin Tucker ice in his veins best kicker in the league probably one of the best in history and he goes and he wins the game which is great for the Ravens you know again good progressions because for them to win this game really helps them trying to get into a wild card spot because they're quite far behind if we're going to be honest and I'd say if they don't win out they probably don't have a shot because you know you got to have help from this person and that person and all those kind of crazy things so this win was a lot for them but it really hurt the Browns even though the Browns played a spectacular football game like if you're your Browns been out there still be proud of your team because they played an amazing football game, but it's still a loss. It's a loss to the Ravens, and you're really trying to get back into the playoff hunt, and you know, this loss, even though you're at the top of a wild card spot, your team could possibly feel, you know, defeated. They played the best game of their life. I can already say that was definitely probably Baker Mayfield's best game he ever played. For the result to still not pan out in your favor, it's gotta be tough, but the Browns, I say, when I said weeks ago when the season started that the Browns are back I really do think that the Browns and Baker Mayfield could have a future especially with the coach you know it's obviously working even though they lost last night they're still nine and four that's a lot better than what you were years before when you couldn't even win a game or when you when you could only win one games but talking about people who should feel bad the Steelers lost again to the Washington football team they don't even have a mascot you lost to a team without a mascot like come on now y'all but no disrespect to Washington they played an amazing game you know even though they didn't score any offensive touchdowns their defense really showed up which obviously helped them in that source so the Steelers I do feel like they've gotten they were a little ahead of their britches you know they were kind of putting the cart in front of the horse as they say and now it's really showing that you're dependent on two or three people and you really haven't Mastered what you thought you were mastering because everyone knows when you win, you know, 11 games in a row, you get cocky, you get lazy, and that really showed last week when they lost, and it showed this week when they lost to Washington. So, Steelers fans, don't hold your breath because right now you also aren't in the lead of the division, so there goes their bye. I mean, they still have a shot if Kansas City loses and they, you know, can get this horse back on track. They could still have a shot at the first round bye, but it's not its not looking too hot for the Steelers right now. They've obviously clinched a spot in the playoffs. It's going to be a good few weeks going on in the NFL. Also on Tuesday, the NFL announced that one of their wildcard games are going to be commentated by like Spongebob and Nickelodeon. It was basically saying, you know, the NFL's um, contract with networks is going up in 2022 and CBS really wanted to, you know, try to expand the NFL's viewers and they're basically having a wildcard game broadcasted by the cast of All That, not like the old All That that came on in the 90s, but the new All That. So if you're out there and you have like younger brothers and sisters, kids, maybe, you know, watch that. I, I have no intentions of watching it because it's gonna be commentated by the people who act on All That, sideline reporters. All that good stuff. They're gonna have the actual NFL commentators doing play-by-play but all the other stuff is gonna be by the cast members and it's gonna be interesting. They said they were gonna have slime and all this crazy kind of stuff so maybe I'll tune into it to see what in the world it's about but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Definitely check out the article to read up on all of that because that's insane. On this week's episode of Welcome to the Convo we have Casey Copley. And she is a athlete for the UNC club volleyball team. And I'm so excited to have her up here. She plays outside hitters. She's played volleyball in high school and she does travel ball. Everyone say hey to Casey.
1: Hey, how are y'all? Oh my gosh, this is so exciting.
0: <laughs> know that, you know, a lot of people don't think about club sports when it comes to college, especially, you know, they just think about the varsity sports. And so I just really want to know, like, how did you get into playing, you know, volleyball in general?
1: So, yeah, I started playing volleyball a really long time ago. My mom was a volleyball player. So I was like, rec league, yes, hit the button like when I was 12 years old. Um, so that's really how I got my start, just the rec leagues and then it just kind of progressed into a passion of mine and so I somehow wound up on the UNC club team.
0: Did your um, mom ever like coach you or
1: anything? Yeah so my mom coached me up until I was in middle school and then she kind of let go of the reins and so yeah she it was just a lot of playing in the yard just bumping back and forth and that's that's pretty much how it got started just from her passion kind of translated into me.
0: That is so fun, you know, because um, it's like something you and your mom got to do together, especially when you were younger before you got into, you know, bigger, I almost said bigger balls, but that's not really a real term, is it? <laughs> like, you know, like higher levels of volleyball, you know, when people start like float serving and stuff like
1: that exactly it it was just something we got to do together and then even like she still comes to the club tournaments and stuff like that so we still get to do it together as far as like talking about it talking about the psychological parts of the game but it's a little different now that she's not coaching and stuff like that so yeah
0: i really just wanted to know like how did you get into club ball um at unc like what was the
1: process Yeah. So when I graduated high school, I was like, okay, I don't want to stop playing volleyball. Like that was never an option. However, I knew that I wasn't exactly um, varsity UNC material. (laughs) So I just began um, looking at the heel life and a few other girls that I'd played travel ball with. They went to App State and played club ball and things like that. So I was like, okay, let me try out for this. So I ended up going out for the UNC beach team and the UNC um, indoor team. And I made both. However, I just love the aspect of team um, competition and things like that. And let me tell you about the process. So it started out as like a three-day tryout and each day they made a cut. And I believe it was like 60 plus girls at the tryouts. So it was kind of a shock because you're thinking, okay, it's, college club volleyball who actually wants to keep doing this and so that was kind of the process and they made cuts each day and ever since then I've just it's just a wonderful club honestly and I just love being a part of it.
0: I know going into like stuff especially in college you know either people are focused on like the social life or you know their grades which we all should be probably focused on um and to see that you know so many people came out and they wanted to you know, keep uh, doing something they were doing when they were in high school and middle school and whatever. You know, how did that were you like scared or nervous? You know, when you show up to practice and you're like, oh my
1: God, these are a lot of people out here. Hold up now. Right. Full transparency. I walked out there and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not gonna make this team. There is no way they're going to pick me. There are sixty plus other girls over here that are stellar, and I'm here. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I think going into the tryouts, the one thing that I focused on, I was like let me just use my energy and my personality to hopefully help me like I was like always cheering on other girls always doing um, the encouraging um, bit of it and I was like maybe that'll help me so I tried to find ways that were like help me stand out besides just playing a good game so it was intimidating for sure because I'm looking around and I'm like oh wow there is a lot of people here
0: if you're trying out if any of y'all out there trying out for anything know that You know, that's what sometimes gets you on the list or gets you off is how good of a teammate you're going to be to the team you're trying out on. Because, you know, you could be the best player in the world and the world's worst teammate.
1: And then that's what, you know, lets you not be on the team. It's all about being a good teammate. And if you're on the bench or if you're trying out for something, your energy matters just as much as somebody who plays the best, who is the best player on the court.
0: You know, I know y'all have two teams at UNC. Um, the blue team and the white team, could you like explain to us like a little difference between
1: them? So usually they are like the A team and the B team. Um, I actually was on the B team my freshman year. So we're still, we haven't had tryouts, but basically, The only difference is that the A-team usually has like the better players, however, we still go to all the same tournaments. Um, We still go to nationals, which was um, scheduled for Kansas City, I believe, last year, but due to COVID, we weren't able to go. Um, So really, the only difference is the talent level. However, we compete at the same tournaments. And some of the times we wound up, actually, every single tournament last year, we we both teams ended up in the A brackets and we usually competed in the semifinals and actually our A team won every single tournament we played in and we came in third every single team. So there's not too much of a gap there as far as talent goes, but that is the only difference really. We play the same tournaments and do the same things and we go to the same practices and kind of like in our squad scrimmage and do our um, like position drills together. So It's really just two different teams. That's how I would put it. I I like how there's two teams. So, you know, it's not like everyone fighting
0: for like a 12 spot roster or something like, you know, talking about practice and stuff. How does like y'all's practices look? Are they, you know, really similar to
1: how you were in like high school with like your high school volleyball team or high school club teams? So it looked a lot like my high school club team did. So our practice schedule was Mondays and Wednesdays, 8.30 to 10.30 at night. On Wednesdays, we would come in and lift like 30 minutes before practice. Nothing really serious, just trying to get some additional reps in to keep our strength and conditioning up. Um, As far as our practice looked, we would typically split off into teams and do whatever our team needed to focus on and then scrimmage at the end. However, every few weeks we would do like position work. So all the outside setters, middles, liberas would get together and work on their specific position. Um, And then we would always typically end practice with a scrimmage. And sometimes we would pepper in um, conditioning. Like if we couldn't get a drill within like three tries, we would do so many sprints um, or we'd have like some kind of circuit training. Um, during the practice, but other than that, that was pretty much it, which looked very similar to my club practice in high school.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, I know that, you know, club volleyball, especially in college, is very competitive, and that's something good, you know, to keep the sport alive also, but a big difference between, you know, a club team and, uh, um And like the varsity team at colleges or even, you know, club teams at high school is there's no coach. You guys are kind of your own coach. You have presidents, you have treasurers, you have vice presidents. So how is that, you know, experience, you know, going from having a coach, having, you know, someone that You know, if you're really annoyed with the coach, you can just bend it off on that. But like you can't, you know, really get annoyed with your
1: teammates because that's going to affect, you know, how y'all play together. It is a totally different dynamic. I will say that. However, our exec board does a wonderful job, I feel like, as far as team bonding. And I think that's what helps us um, kind of seal the deal of not getting agitated with one another, not really questioning the lineup, because I feel like the people who are writing the lineups, do a great job. And so what that looks like is we elect um, exec boards the year before and then each team votes on a captain and then the B team votes on a vice president. And so we don't vote on the vice president the year before that's kind of something that happens once teams are selected. So one thing that we did um, this past year to help us with team bonding is we did affirmation sheets and each teammate wrote something, you know, very intentional, very personal to the athlete. Um, and I felt like that kind of helped everything go smoothly and really sealed the deal on just team bonding and affirmations and not getting too aggravated with what the lineup looked like.
0: Team bonding is really important, you know, especially in college because, you know, we all have our own schedules. We all have our, we all have our own classes and things. So, you know, to really focus on it those things it's really important to take some time out for that and I know that was definitely probably important to you especially since you were a freshman and you know everyone going into college they're like so worried about making new friends and stuff
1: and it was it was such an important part because we did it on the first tournament and it was like wow okay these people really do like me being here being that I was one of three freshmen on my team it's like okay, these people like me being here. They think I add a lot of value to this team. And it was a sweet way to see, okay, my teammates really do admire something different and unique of what I bring to the team rather than what they bring. So that was really an important part of just bonding and making friends too.
0: You know, how was the tournaments? I know you talked about it a little bit, but, you know, y'all went to a few tournaments. Like, how was that like? Was it, um, you know, similar to, I keep relating it back to high school travel ball, but I really- you know, want to give somebody, like if they knew what we're talking about, a little thing to relate it
1: to? The high school travel tournaments were very similar. So we hosted a lot of our own tournaments at UNC, and typically they were one-day tournaments. You would do pool play, and then you would do bracket play, and that's what it looked like. However, we did venture to South Carolina to play, and so we stayed in an overnight hotel, um, and that was a part of our dues. That was all calculated into, I think, $120 dues that I had to pay at the beginning of the semester. Um, So just for people who are unaware of what a travel club tournament would look like in high school, it would just be, we played, I think three to four games in the morning. Then once our tally was gone, you would either break off into like gold or silver brackets or um, some tournaments would just, the lowest team would not go to bracket play at all. and that's what it looked like. And then you would go into like quarters, semis, and then final rounds. So that's typically just a normal tournament dynamic is what it looked like for us as well. So we wrapped each other. Um, every position was wrapped by another team. We were also responsible for the cleanup at UNC and ensuring that everything um was taken care of to campus standards and making sure um, the court was cleaned up, no trash was left behind, everything was put up in the closet in its correct position. So that was a little bit different because in high school travel, you're not responsible for those things. You are just, you show up, you play, you do your work positions and that's it. But when you're hosting a tournament, you really are responsible for all the ins and outs of the tournament.
0: Yeah. Um, you know talking about high school so much let's go back you know you went to Perk Women's High
1: hope I'm saying that right if I'm not I'm sorry Perk Women's High friends yes <laughs> you are <laughs> going back to high school I had a phenomenal experience with high school volleyball um, and then club volleyball too during high school I played all four years on varsity for Christy Thatch for those who don't know her She is phenomenal. The best coach I've ever had by far. Um, But then to travel ball, I played for coastal. And then I also played for just a regional volleyball club. Um, I played under different coaches all four years for um, club or travel, whichever you preferred, And that was amazing. You know, I I played, let's reflect back on this for a second. Um, I played in a lot of different tournaments as far as like the regional club was more like Carolina region. So they were the one days that really looked like UNC club volleyball, but some of the bigger tournaments were two, three days. Um, But I felt like playing club in high school really prepared me for playing club at UNC because it gave me that experience and just an awareness of different levels of talent and so coming into UNC I didn't feel as shocked when some of the girls were hitting the ball at the 10-foot line or um, just really great setters running the court well so I felt like that gave me an experience and it wasn't so much culture shock it was okay this is what I'm used to and it was Able to, it enabled me to blend together all the different attitudes and personalities well because when you're playing club in high school, you're coming from all different areas and things of that nature. It really helped that transition, I feel like a lot.
0: I feel like it'd been especially hard, you know, if you came from a high school with, you know, not saying that some people aren't that great, but you know, some people in high school's volleyball team don't look too hot, you know, a coach may be like, hey, I'll come join this team. This can be your little extra credit. Like not saying it's happening, but if you know, you know. So to have that experience outside of travel ball prepare you for what you're going to do at UNC's club team. You know, how did you ever feel like sometimes you're like, whoa, this girl is like a little good on the other side of this net. Nah, I, I don't think I'm gonna pass this, but I don't think I'm a, I don't think I'm gonna get this serve receive up. No, I totally
1: felt like that, especially walking into tryouts. I'm like okay I had to have like a mental talk I'm like okay Casey you just got to get in there and just try your best and don't be too afraid of this girl but I would definitely say that happened on more than one occasion playing at UNC and playing high school club ball
0: oh yeah because I know sometimes I was like hey I appreciate my hands not falling apart so we're just gonna we're gonna let this one go and we're just gonna hope pray and wish it goes out of bounds
1: right exactly I I appreciate my face and I appreciate all that my body can do so we're going to uh let this one go we'll let her have this one <laughs> she, she
0: deserves it she deserves it we don't we don't need it that bad when you were in high school did you have any like big memories or like a game or you know an event that really stood out to you that
1: you can tell us about oh my gosh I could go on and on about this so I went to Perquemans High School and. Um, And we always had a rivalry game against Camden High School, which was one of the neighboring counties. And I just remember so vividly um, from my freshman year to my senior year, the way the gym would fill up. I mean, the bleachers were full. Everybody was shoulder to shoulder. And it was just an all-out war. And our colors were black and gold. So we would always um, just have the gym in all black and gold. And all the um, fans were dressed up. And one year, I remember we even had a pirate ship come. Like, somebody really took their boat, and they, like, had, like, a big P on the flag, and, like, we parked it in the corner, but they just kind of went around the gym, and people would dress up in pirate um, costumes, so that was... um, one of the best memories and then did y'all like win all of the games against you know Camden High School or was it like you know the excitement of just playing them so I will say my freshman year we lost both times to them however my senior and junior year I think combined we only lost one game to them so out of let's see six games we were five and one against them my last two years which was fun. And to all of my Camden High School friends, I'm so sorry to say this, but we did beat them 25 to two on our senior night at Clemens. And it was the most electrifying game of my life. And one of my best friends got on a serving run and it was just amazing. I'm so sorry to my Camden High School friends, but I had to say that. But most of the time it was just fun. It was just a great time. We would go like five sets with them. Um, other than that game, of course. But it was it was just a wonderful time just to be out there and just to be in that environment. And I think win or lose, it was just, it was the best. they only scored two points. For Quibbins, I was just out here doing the thing, I tell you. <laughs> I
0: love that. A really big thing about club volleyball, you know, rather it be when you're in high school or when you're in college, is when you think about it in a relationship world, there is 12 girls. You know, sometimes we can be a little catty. We can we can have our issues, but to know that one of the best things I know I've got out of playing travel ball in high school was the amount of friends I made that I know for a hundred percent that I would have not been friends with these people because I would have not known them because you know a lot of people come from different places and so when you hang out with them from November to April, May, if you go to national, that's June, so you're hanging out with the same people for seven, eight, nine months, and you become friends with them, and you get all these relationships, so could you, you know, tell us about, you know, some of the relationships you were able to make in travel volleyball?
1: Yeah, so I would definitely say that was the biggest blessing of making the club team, was that the friends that you make, because like you mentioned earlier, Ashley, that um, it is hard when you're coming to college, you're like, you have just start over as far as friends, and I think making that team, you automatically have 12 girls that are your friends, and so one of the biggest things that I helped, that helped us, and helped um, us making friends was that we were practicing twice a week, and so you know that you have to be um, together to make friends, and I think that's one thing that's hard in college, is that you have to choose to be together, whereas in high school, you're always with your friends because you're always going to school and you don't have those classes but um, going to practice two days a week is something that you're like okay these girls are my friends and then another thing that we did is just um, we had different mixers and like social experiences and we had a social chair that planned different outings and different things for each team um, which was very helpful so I would definitely say the practices definitely made us closer Um, the social experiences like just going out to eat was special because then it blended the two teams together and from that I have definitely made some great friendships I'd say I have one really great friend on my team and you know even though we're not playing and we were only able to practice a few times this semester together um, you know we hung out we chatted during quarantine and it was just um, you know building that even if we didn't win a single game I felt like getting those friendships were most definitely worth it, worth going to practice and worth pouring in my time to that.
0: Make time for the things you want to make time for. And if you're not liking what you're spending your time on, it's okay to leave it and walk away from it. It's perfectly fine, y'all. So I saw you have a website, a blog. Um, could you tell us about, you know, what you put up there? I've read a couple of your messages and they are, you know, a little different than I feel like most people would think an athlete would be writing
1: about on their blogs. Over quarantine, I I love to write. I've always loved to write. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll just write. So I just decided to start a WordPress account and just kind of write what I was thinking, my feelings, um, and just kind of what I felt like the world needed to hear. I'm not as active on the blog as I'd like to be. However, I would, I would love to do something like that after college, um, and I actually, for one of my classes this past semester, I had to create a professional website at kccofley.com if any of your listeners would love to go check it out, and my WordPress is kccofley.wordpress.com, but yeah, I just write about different um, attitudes and things that I feel like we just all need to hear of. Um, my faith does manifest in that writing as well, but yeah, it is a little different and I do feel like I have a different perspective on a lot of things and especially being an athlete, they don't expect you to write a blog or to think about things um, like that. And I think it, I think it does take a different perspective than most people my age um, and most athletes take. So yeah. Yes. Y'all make sure to go
0: check out Casey's blog. I'll have it all in the episode notes below. Or, you know, hop on over to Instagram, follow her. I'll have that down below too. So you can go check out those blogs. You know, well, Casey, you are on our holiday season episode. Now, what is her favorite holiday Christmas memory, you know, if you celebrate Christmas?
1: So my family, we always um, decorate the Christmas tree together. And I think that is just the sweetest memory ever. I just did it the last weekend with my mom and my stepdad. So that's probably one of my favorite Christmas memories. I love going to the Christmas parades, Um, and I also have a big family on my dad's side, and so I don't know what that's going to look like this year with COVID-19. However, on a normal year, besides 2020, um, we would all get together at my grandma's house, and it is just loads of fun. It's just this big family. My dad has um, five siblings, and so it's, it's just a a big um, holiday hoopla, is what I'd like to call it, Um, just presents everywhere, just people everywhere, the house is full to the brim, there's really no sitting room, and I think that's just the the best memory, is just being all together with my family, that's just so sweet to me.
0: Do you have like a favorite ornament y'all put on a tree, you know, I know in my house we have like, you know, the tree with like the ornaments you made in like kindergarten, so...
1: We have them all. So we have the ornaments, like you said, that I made in kindergarten. Um, My mom has this really special tradition and she always gives us an ornament. Each person in my family or immediate family that um, represents, kind of signifies their year. Like I have one when I got my 1,000th kill in volleyball for high school, one that says that, one that when I got my car, just kind of like special moments. Um, So I guess that would be is like putting the new ornament on the tree every christmas eve like we all get one and just putting that up there is just so special so we have a very nostalgic tree and this year we actually added a unc tree um, with all unc ornaments that we have collected over the years thank you
0: casey for coming on do you have you know Anything coming up you'd let,
1: like people to know about, you know, ways to reach you, ways they can find you. So you guys can find me Instagram, Casey Copley. Um, the blogs I mentioned earlier, caseycopley.com or caseycopley.wordpress.com. Um, also have a blog Instagram that is not the most um, splendid or the most used page. However, it is it is at XXCasey because that's my signature on my blog. And I would love to be more active on that. And so, yeah, I would love for people to reach out to me. My inbox is always open, literally always open. And I'm always open to making new friends
0: that is going to be it for this week's episode thanks for listening make sure to like comment rate subscribe wherever you decide to listen to podcast it. head on over to instagram and follow at her sports combo podcast up there to stay up to date on all things her sports combo thank you Casey, for coming on this episode it was so lovely to talk to you so lovely to meet with you check out her website in the episode notes below follow her on instagram to stay up to date on all these going on with her and to see how their season goes into spring i hope you guys have been liking the guests so far we have one last guest coming on for this season next week so make sure to tune in to that it's coming out on christmas eve i hope you guys have a great week and always be safe have fun and don't be afraid to join the convo